Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15 through 20. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God any more or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet, who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. Here ends our lesson. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy declares that the Lord would raise up a prophet from among the people, one whose words they were to heed. In a strict sense, since it was believed that these words were spoken through Moses, this meant that Moses would not be the sole prophet for the people. God would raise up another to speak in the name of the Lord, guide them in a godly way, and speak divine words in their midst. In the history of God's chosen people, God would choose another to step up and step out in front of the fold. The people would not be left leaderless, but would be sent another whose voice they would heed, and they would be blessed for the encounter. Of course, as Christians, most of us believe that these prophetic words ultimately apply to Jesus of Nazareth. He was one of the people's own, born in Bethlehem and raised in Nazareth. He was a Jew among Jews, descended from the branch of Jesse, the lineage of King David himself. If there ever was to be one leader among leaders, Jesus would be the one. The salvation we find in him is for once and for all. We find salvation in no other than in Christ himself. He is the rock on which we all stand. In a more expansive sense, we can also discern that God was not just speaking about one prophet being raised up, but likely one voice at a time across generations. Though the text explicitly refers to a prophet and not several prophets being raised up from among the people, there are many contextual clues which indicate that this passage is meant to assure the people that they would not be left leaderless when Moses was called from this world to the next. God did not choose spiritual anarchy for the Israelites, a sort of tribal body without a head. Instead, the text is implying that the Lord was promising them new leaders who would be raised up to provide them with direction, guidance, vision, and hope. It would be the people's job to follow, not to figure out everything on their own without any help. In fact, 
the history of the judges and prophets who would be raised up from among them over the next few centuries, bears witness to the truth that God wanted spiritual, prophetic leadership across generations. Moses was not to stand in isolation as God's only representative for the people on earth for all time. While we believe that Moses was uniquely equipped to proclaim the laws of God in his lifetime, we also believe that God will never be done raising up new leaders from among the people until God remakes the world into a new heaven and a new earth. God desires for new voices with each generation to ring out with calls for justice and freedom. God raises up new leaders to guide followers in the ways of peace and love. God equips the saints to elaborate upon the mysteries, wonders, and miraculous deeds of the Almighty so that the world might see and be renewed in our hope for a better future. As long as injustice, oppression, faithlessness, unrest, and despair reign in our world, God has need for new leaders to decry such evils and maladies among us. With each new generation of sinners, there is a near-endless need for saints to rise up in our world. Arguably the most egregious event to ever occur in the halls of the United States Congress, prior to the insurrection of January 6, 2021, of course, occurred on May 22, 1856. Preston Brooks, a representative from South Carolina, entered the Senate chambers in search of the Republican Senator, Charles Sumner from Massachusetts. Three days prior, Sumner had delivered a speech in the Senate entitled Crime Against Kansas that leaned heavily into the cause of abolitionists and preventing legalized slavery from expanding into territories like Kansas. As part of the speech, Sumner called out South Carolina Senator Andrew Butler claiming that the Southern Senator clung to slavery as a mistress and a prostitute. It was pretty charged language to use at the time, and they didn't even have social media. Can you imagine how this would have played out on Facebook? U.S. Representative Preston Brooks was furious that his state and distant cousin had been publicly dishonored by the speech in such an outrageous way. So much so, that he showed up in the Senate chambers with a cane in his hand and lethal intentions in his heart. He walked right up to Senator Charles Sumner at his writing desk, struck him vehemently on the top of his head with that cane, and then began to beat the Republican senator mercilessly when he fell to the floor. Inexplicably, all of the other senators just looked on stunned as the extremism of their politically polarized moment played out before their eyes. Nobody intervened. Eventually, Brooks stopped his angry onslaught and simply walked out of the Senate chamber, leaving the senator from Massachusetts lifeless and bloody on the chamber floor. Sumner sustained severe injuries, but he did not die. Over the course of the next three years, he slowly recovered from the worst of his wounds, though he would forever be marred by the rage of the representative 
from South Carolina. As he pushed on to regain enough strength to join his fellow senators in deliberation and debate once again, many throughout the nation began to see how entrenched, irrational, and barbaric commitments to the preservation and propagation of the system of slavery had become. The injuries that Sumner endured ended up drawing many to his cause. Eventually, courageously, Senator Charles Sumner was able to claim his seat in the Senate once again and did not shy away from using his voice for the betterment of our society and our nation. We might assume otherwise. I, for one, would not blame Sumner for being cowed and quieted by one of the most vicious attacks to ever be leveled against a sitting senator, and in the Senate chambers, no less. But that was not the case. Sumner would not be silenced. His commitment to the cause of freedom was as strong as ever. In a time of American injustice and oppression, Charles Sumner's voice rang out to call our people to be better. In a speech entitled, The Barbarism of Slavery that he delivered in 1860, his first year of returning from his wounds, he resolutely declared, When slavery is seen to be the barbarism which it is, there are few who would not cover it from sight rather than insist upon sending it abroad with the flag of the republic. It is only because people have been insensible to its true character that they have tolerated for a moment its exorbitant pretensions. He prophetically, courageously called out the United States' perpetuation of slavery for the barbaric institution that it was in his day and prophetically spoke to the future of our nation by declaring that when people woke up to the true character of what an awful institution this was, we would no longer tolerate it within our shores. That is surely the case today. Sumner is like one of the prophets who Deuteronomy foretold, one raised up from among the people to declare divine truth to citizens reluctant to hear it. While Brooks intended to silence the senator with cruelty, barbarity, and violence in order to keep us from standing up for the rights of an oppressed minority within our shores, the courage of Sumner's convictions did not fail. He met fury with fortitude, cruelty with courage, violence with virtue, and an irrational reactionism with reasoned perseverance. May the Lord keep sending prophets like him to proclaim uncomfortable truths with courage and conviction, instead of being led by the tyranny of mobs that lead us into delusions about the real problems that surround us. As long as the sins of the masses abound, God will raise up leaders to confront them. Moses was just the first among many. Jesus is the ultimate. May the Lord's voice for justice and peace bellow out from many more. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 
I hope that you have enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.